0: Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt.
0: And your co-host, Allie.
1: And we have a repeat special guest today, Dr. Rob Pettit. Welcome, Welcome. Rob. Thanks for having me. Excited to be back on the podcast. Absolutely. Many of our listeners probably have heard Dr. Pettit's episode on knee uh, surgery and robotic replacement and uh, kind of some background with Dr. Pettit. So we wanted to have him back again today to talk about a knee injury that you hear a lot out there. You'll hear about athletes having it or family
2: members having it, the uh, meniscus injury.
1: So, but that's like a can of
2: worms, right, Rob? It certainly is. Yeah. So you hear meniscus injury, and it can mean a lot of different things for mm-hmm. different patients. Whether you're an athlete or whether sure. you're a weekend warrior, or um, really just somebody who's trying to get through your daily life without pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but everybody. If you have a knee, you can have a meniscus tear, unfortunately. Uh, we'll try to kind of get into the weeds of what that means for different patients in uh, different situations.
1: Yeah, so we've talked a lot about um, ligaments and tendons, but meniscuses are menisci. <laughs> plural or, of meniscus. Plural. Yeah, yeah and They're I'm a different, different
2: type structure, right? Sure. So they are made of cartilage, mm-hmm. um, so a different type of cartilage than from what you hear of um articular cartilage which is what lines the bones in any of your joints it gives you a nice frictionless surface so you have a smoothly moving joint this type of uh cartilage that makes up the meniscus acts as a shock absorber mm-hmm. so in between your thigh bone and your shin bone or the femur and the tibia you have uh their C-shaped uh cartilage which is the meniscus, and when you walk and when you twist on your knee, it actually absorbs shock. So it takes some of the stress away from the bone and from the cartilage uh, and also protects the ligaments and that sort of thing.
1: Right. So it's when people look at like an x-ray of their knee, they can't really see it, right, because x-rays are bones, but you see kind of the space or where the
2: meniscus would be, right? Exactly. So when we look at a knee x-ray, you're exactly right. We look at the space between the femur and the tibia bone, and that's represented by the articular cartilage, which we talked about before, but then also the meniscus. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you have long-standing wear and tear of the cartilage and the meniscus, that joint space starts to get smaller. And that's when we start talking about arthritis. So
0: the problem is is when you can no longer see the space. There's the knees of the bones are basically touching.
2: Right. And that would be referred to as bone-on-bone arthritis. Oof. Right.
1: So we talk about um, meniscus and we talk about uh, the injury. What are some of the symptoms like in this older, maybe chronic or degenerative type
2: meniscus, what are people going to feel? Sure. So depending on if it is an acute injury that is associated with um, some sort of trauma or, Mm -hmm. you know, a twisting um, injury on ice or so on and so forth, versus if it's chronic, um, the symptoms can change a little bit. Sure. Um, So for instance, if you have someone who comes in and maybe they just felt a little twinge in their knee felt to pop when they turned funny Um, typically that will be pain oftentimes some swelling in the knee as well if you press on the joint line or just basically in the middle of the knee there's Mm -hmm. oftentimes pain there pains with extremes of motion so when you try to straighten the knee all the way out you can have pain or even an inability to straighten the knee and then also pain when you try to bend the knee all the way or it might actually feel catching or get stuck there too
1: and so um, that might be similar but a little bit different to somebody who comes off the field on a Friday night and sustained an injury to their meniscus
2: right sure so you can also see meniscus injuries occur with an ACL injury or other Mm -hmm. ligament injuries that can occur in a young athlete that has a pretty significant injury to their knee that oftentimes is diagnosed um, more so on the MRI yeah um Mainly because when they have those large injuries, there's so much swelling and pain that it's hard to really pinpoint what exactly, what all is damaged.
1: Sure. So it gets injured a lot of times um, on top of other things. Exactly. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of different types of ways you injure it. I'm sure that impacts how it's treated. It does. Right. So take us down the pathway. You know, I'm sure listeners out there um, have heard, well, I had part of my meniscus removed. Some other people might say, yeah, I had mine repaired, and that's a big
2: difference. So I think probably the easiest way to categorize and to move through that is uh, chronologically. So mm-hmm. if you have you know, the young athletic population that has a meniscus tear in the setting of an ACL injury, um, that oftentimes will be repaired. Mm-hmm. So I, I think one thing we need to touch on is that the meniscus, I mentioned that it's a shock absorber, but it's so important to protect that cartilage. Yeah. So if the meniscus is not functioning, the cartilage sees more wear and tear, the bone sees more stress, and that puts you down a pathway of arthritis, unfortunately. Yeah. So, especially in younger populations uh, who have a good healing potential, we try to save the meniscus whenever possible. And that's also in hopes to save the knee joint from going down right. um, a path of degeneration. So, oftentimes, if we see, um, a meniscus tear during an acl reconstruction for instance uh there are certain types of tear patterns that we will absolutely try to fix that oftentimes has to do with where in the meniscus it's located mm-hmm. so the meniscus blood supply is often better actually on the periphery of the meniscus or on mm-hmm. the outside so if the tear is there then we're more aggressive with trying to fix it yeah um, also the size of the tear so we grade it based off the percentage of the meniscus uh, sometimes the meniscus will tear all the way through and flip into the joint, uh, similar to what's to a bucket handle. So we call it a bucket handle meniscus. Yep. Those ones will often try to uh, repair as well, especially in the young athletes. Now, when we start getting into patients that are a little bit more seasoned, um, you know, I like that. Seasoned. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of, like, of wisdom. Experience right. Experience <laughs> yes. a couple more rotations around the sun and that sort of thing. There's ways to nice say way it to without it. Yeah. Know, being too abrasive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but patients who have more degeneration in their knee, that often can happen from a lower me- energy mechanism, meaning that uh, it could just be for misstepping or you know, walking in sand or uneven surfaces and twisting sometimes yeah. can cause some of those. Oftentimes, those meniscus um, can be trimmed out. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think of it similar to a hangnail. So if you have a little tear there, every time you walk, it puts pressure on the meniscus, causes pain, and similar to a hangnail, it just gets irritated. Yeah. Um, So oftentimes with those, we'll just trim those out. Um, And oftentimes, they're in the part of the meniscus that has poor blood supply anyway. So trying to fix that is somewhat heroic and not worth the rehabilitation process um, and the restrictions with crutches and that sort of thing.
1: So typically going into surgery, like beforehand, you probably have a pretty good idea based on mechanism of injury, age of the patient, MRI. This is a patient we were either probably going to do some trimming of the meniscus, get that hangnail out of there versus this is a patient I'm going to be fixing that meniscus,
2: right? Absolutely. And that's something that I think setting expectations ahead of time with surgery is yeah. of the utmost importance. Sure. Uh, because if you go in there without a plan and you end up fixing something and the patient isn't expecting that, then you're having a conversation of, okay, we ha- we did this surgery, and now I don't want you to put weight on it for yeah. oftentimes four to six weeks. can't bend a certain amount. And, you know, for a patient, that's a, a big deal with mm-hmm. certainly know, lifestyle and work and having pe- people help them and everything. So – uh, I always make sure to really discuss that ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but I would say in the majority of younger patients that have a meniscus tear, we try to fix. In the majority of patients that you know are more 50s, 60s above, we end up just trimming it out more for symptomatic control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or if they're having mechanical symptoms, by removing that hangnail, it can certainly help with their symptoms.
1: Sure. So we alluded a little bit to it, but but take us through what does surgery look like afterwards for somebody that had that hangnail trimmed versus a meniscus repaired? It's going to be quite different.
2: Absolutely. So if you're just having what's called a partial meniscectomy or that hangnail being trimmed up where you're just taking a little bit of the meniscus out that's torn, um, that is an arthroscopic surgery, meaning it's minimally invasive. Um, At least in my hands, the way that I do it is with two small incisions, Mm -hmm. uh, less than a centimeter um, in the front of the knee and we go in with a camera, we view everything, put a lot of fluid or water through that kind of helps clean everything out, mm-hmm. decrease inflammation. And then we use some arthroscopic tools, um, uh, which are shavers but there's some different things to uh, remove that meniscus and any other loose bodies or anything yeah. that needs to be addressed. As far as recovery. Uh, We'll try to send them to the best physical therapist possible. Oh, thank um, you. He pointed <laughs> to Matt, by the way. <laughs> um, and we try to get them in right away. So right. within the first couple of days, to start working on range of motion, sure. working on quad uh, strengthening because yeah. with any knee surgery, your quadriceps uh, muscle is going to kind of shut down mm-hmm. through pain inhibition. Um, so we get working on that right away. I normally tell patients that they'll be on crutches or use a walker probably for two or three days after yeah. having that trimmed out. But really, they can get rid of that as soon as uh, they're feeling comfortable with walking on their own.
1: Yeah. So that's a relatively straightforward, you know, um, somebody has a repair that changes everything, right?
2: It does. And again, it depends on the complexity of the repair. For sure. How many sutures, what technique you have to use to fix it. Yep. Uh, But I would say general general rule of thumb is probably four weeks, maybe a little bit longer of not putting any weight on that extremity. You're in a big, bulky brace, and I typically, if it's a meniscus tear that's in the back, we mm-hmm. normally restrict um, your bending to sure. about 90 degrees. Sure. Um, so a bigger deal. Yeah. Now, one caveat to the uh, repair is that some patients that, that have a degenerative meniscus tear sometimes have what's called a root tear. Okay. So we talked about the anatomy of a meniscus a little bit before. Is They're C-shaped, and they're in between the bones in the knee, they attach to the shin bone or the tibia in the front of the knee and in the back. And those are called the roots. Mm -hmm. We are seeing it more and more often where patients with really overall good looking knees on x-ray and on MRI where the cartilage is still intact Mm -hmm. and they still have a nice smooth surface and are able to do a lot of of activities, the roots in the back can tear or pop off. And with that, the meniscus can actually start being pushed out of the joint, something called we call extrusion. Yep. And unfortunately, with that process, the studies have shown that your knee can quickly wear out with mm-hmm. that, and mm-hmm. lead you down a path of arthritis. So something called a meniscus root repair is a procedure that uh, I find myself doing more often in the right patients yeah. to try to quote, save the knee,
1: buy him some time, buy
2: right? him some time, yeah. or even avoid a knee replacement. Perfect. Uh, it's truly my hope. Yeah. Um, but you have to be very upfront with patients and also set expectations like we talked about before. Yeah. Um, but in that scenario, that would actually change the recovery as well. For sure. During that four weeks, non-weight bearing, um, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I guess that's a good question. You know, what do you say to the patient who says, well, my mom and dad both had knee replacements. I know I got a meniscus tear and I'm going to need a knee replacement. There's no point in doing anything about it. And maybe they're in their forties or fifties. Is there, is there, um, advice you'd give them? Is it worth looking into Hey, maybe treating the meniscus injury?
2: I think getting as much information as possible is definitely to an advantage. So yes, that is true. A knee replacement is always an option down the road. Um, my goal oftentimes is to try to avoid that if possible, but then provide it if needed. Sure. Um, But I think at least hearing all the treatment options and kind of getting as much information as possible and then making the decision for yourself is very reasonable. Yeah. Uh, But you you can't make the right decision without having all the information. So I would would recommend just getting as much information as possible. And then my job as a surgeon is to kind of give you the menu and all the options and then let the patient kind of decide with their families what's best for them.
1: Yeah. When we think about back to kind of the anatomy and layout, we talk about the knee and there's meniscus on one side and the other, medial and lateral. Some people might think, oh, they're the same, medial and lateral, right? But are they same or different in anatomy and in treatment?
2: So no is the short answer. Yep. The anatomy is different. The medial meniscus, I would, I guess you could argue, is uh, more important in some ways in the fact that more of the Uh, Stress of weight-bearing or walking Mm -hmm. goes through the medial side of your knee, uh, and therefore, once you lose that shock absorber, you're going to stress that compartment out more. However, on the outside or the lateral compartment, uh, there is, for whatever reason, oftentimes less – what's the word I'm looking for? Forgiveness? Forgiveness less forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. The lateral side can't take a joke. So right. if you have, if you have a, a tear there, oftentimes it's not tolerated as well. Yeah. Um, and that might be because they're because of the anatomy.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, I know I've had patients in therapy, you know, that had larger medial meniscus injuries, surgeries, whatever, and smaller lateral meniscus injuries. And, you know, patients are always a bit competitive and they're like, well, my neighbor had this and, you know, they're better already. And it's like, you know, so for the listeners out there who've had lateral meniscus or um, injuries, you know, it it just generally takes a little bit longer and can be a little bit slower recovery. Absolutely. I have a question.
0: Has anybody ever fought you on which uh, procedure they were going to get in terms of, like, not wanting to go through the pain or the, you know, long periods of recovery? Like, take it out or... Repair it, or what? Define fight, you know? (laughs) Just argue with you, I guess, more than fight you.
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't say argue because I, you know, I'll give my recommendation to a patient, but I, I try to tailor that recommendation to their needs. So, you know, if if you're a sixty year old and you have a root tear. I'm not going to try to talk you into having it repaired because I can't look you in the eye and say that this is hundred percent going to save your knee. Okay. But I, I think it's my job just to explain that, Hey, this is an option. Mm-hmm. If it were my knee or my dad's knee, I'd probably recommend repairing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, each patient's different and sure. Um, everybody has different life responsibilities and right. that sort of thing.
1: Talk a little bit about the substances you use to repair the meniscus. Um, You know,
2: is it like sewing a hole in your shirt or is it different than that? So there's been a lot of headway that's made. That's a great question uh, with the technology to repair meniscus. Mm -hmm. So originally the kind of gold standard for repairing meniscus was something called an inside out where you're using the the arthroscope or you're looking with the camera inside the joint and you're passing needles through the meniscus with suture on it, passing them out the skin or through a small incision on the outside of the knee and then tying them down to the capsule gives a great repair, but it's a little bit more invasive um, and you're sending needles towards the back of the knee where there's a lot of important structures and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there are newer devices now that have special medical grade suture attached to, um, either pledgets, which, you know, just tiny little, um, kind of the size of a staple, Mm -hmm. um, that can kind of clip to the back of the meniscus and then you can tie sutures or they have mechanisms where you can kind of bring it down and it brings the meniscus back together. Mm -hmm. And there's different ways, without getting too technical, there's different ways of how you can deliver that, whether it's directly through the meniscus or you can go around in kind of what we call a hay bale technique. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if we're fixing a root, whether it's in an athlete or in a degenerative type tear, you can actually drill a tunnel through the shin bone and pass suture through the meniscus, bring it through the tunnel, and then connect it to the tibia, and it, it kind of brings that root down and gives you a nice attachment. Yeah. it's a lot of different ways now. So not sure, Options.
0: <laughs> What's that? So not glue.
2: No glue. No. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say glue. It's not necessarily glue, but there, there's also a lot of research that goes into augmenting your repair. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and. A lot of the focus has been on biologics, which you hear biologics for a variety of things, but uh, you can use something called platelet-rich plasma or yep. bone marrow aspirate to put that on to the meniscus and hopefully help increase that healing. Because like said, a fertilizer for your lawn, right? Exactly. <laughs> it, yeah. Truthfully, yes. Yeah. There's actually some things that would actually probably call it the fertilized yeah. meniscus. but um, Or there's different techniques we can do to increase blood flow just to give the meniscus the best chance of healing.
1: Yeah. Very cool. Well, I think it's really exciting. I mean, you know, we talked last time about advancements. And even in, I mean, the meniscus injury has been around since the knee was invented. (laughs) It's like, you know, it was one of the first surgical things we were trying to do and fix. And Mm -hmm. even in that, we're making headway and advancements. And I think it's really cool to have that cutting edge technology.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's so important to find ways to preserve the meniscus since I do think that it's vital to the overall health of your knee. Once the meniscus starts to, to degenerate, unfortunately the rest of the knee tends to follow.
1: Exactly. Well, thanks a lot for sharing the information. I think this will help our audience members kind of better understand meniscectomies and meniscus repairs and menisci
2: in general. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Appreciate it as always. No problem. If they're looking for a fight, then they can maybe look elsewhere. Look elsewhere. (laughs) (laughs) You better trust him. Well, if
0: anybody else is listening, is interested in hearing again from Dr. Pettit, he has another episode that we posted about robotics and surgery, um, and we hope to hear from him again soon. So thank you again. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com, and you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a B visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!